Hi, this is Lisa Maxwell from the 976 Horns on the Use Your Illusion Tour, and you're listening to Appetite for Distortion. is Appetite for Distortion. And welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 252. It is Brando, and shame on me for waiting so long to have Lisa Maxwell on the podcast. So welcome. Thank you for taking some time out. My pleasure. Because I've had Roberta Freeman on a couple times. I got Tracy Amos and I I always get all these great, uh, I don't know if I want to call it side characters, but people who have great stories that aren't, you know, Axl Rose or, or Slash, but people who have incredible backgrounds that, you know, connect to our GNR world and I got to say, I found something about your bio that I think I might love even more than, well, close to Guns N' Roses. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, no. Guess. Guess. I'm curious. Spinal Tap. No, I was not going to say oh. Spinal Tap. <laughs> I, wa- okay. I want to ask you about them, but <laughs> see, I'm going to say Animaniacs. That's what I'm going to say. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I actually just watched the uh, the new version of it on, on Hulu, and I still love it. Uh, so and I think you won awards for doing, um, what was it, Yakko's Wish? Or Wacko's Wish. Wacko's yeah, wish. I, I worked on, I orchestrated the uh, Animaniacs feature, which was Animaniacs, Pinky in the Brain. Uh, you know, they were such, they were so great. It was great. And I orchestrated um, all the episodes of an, of a, an offshoot of that, which was called Hysteria, um, H-I-S-T-E-R-I-A, and um, about history. So... Uh, of course, they discontinued those cartoons because they were good. You know, <laughs> Steven Spielberg wanted to bring back uh, great animation and the Carl Stalling style music. So I feel really lucky to have participated in that in the early, um, it was right before, when was that? In the late 90s. Yeah, I came in on the last couple of years of that, that run. Yeah, I was in high school, I believe. I don't know. Well, hopefully, if it gets uh, renewed for more seasons, uh, you'll work on some more Animaniacs. Uh, but anyway, yeah, one never knows. <laughs> I'm not going to waste your time or my listeners' time by talking about uh, pinking the brain for 20 minutes. Then again, you never know. Uh, first thing I, I guess I have to ask, though, is because when I was reading you on your website that you had COVID a year ago. I'm assuming you're okay because I don't want to ignore uh, that. Yeah, yeah, I, I had COVID at the end of last March. Mm. Um, I have no remaining symptoms, you know, luckily, and it did last for weeks. Uh, I didn't have to be hospitalized. I didn't have breathing problems, but it was pretty bad. Oh, well. I don't recommend it. I had oh, I had a uh, COVID OG, you know, the New York City one, mm. <laughs> and uh, and um, so yeah, all is fine now. Good, good. Hopefully I'm glad. Get the vaccine soon. Move on from that. Because uh, there are so many things. Just to, and this is kind of where where to navigate the conversation. Yeah, of course, health overall, but you and your career. You know, I'm glad to hear that you said it didn't affect your, your breathing because what you're doing now, uh, tell me about Shiny before we, we lose that and get into the GNR stuff because you're, you're putting together your first 
big band and Paul Schaefer is involved. So if you can tell me about Oh Sh- yeah. Shiny. Well, I actually released the album. Okay. Um, last, I released it in May of 2019. So it was kind of perfect timing COVID wise. And we had a fabulous record release party at the cutting room in New York city. And then out at Catalina's jazz club in LA. And I was, you know, planning more and, uh, applying, looking towards playing at jazz festivals. It's a 20 piece big band that I've been leading and then COVID happens. So we haven't, you know, we'll have to pick up after in, oh. uh, you know, in another year or so. But, but the backstory is, um, I was, you know, orchestrating, writing arrangements for all different people and a, and a, the late great t- trumpet player, Lou Soloff, who played the trumpet solo on Blood, Sweat and Tears spinning wheel. He was a little older and he was in the Gil Evans Orchestra and played, you know, legit stuff, Manhattan Brass. He was just an all around great guy, the best jokes, the most lovable person and friends with everyone. He was a big uh, champion of my arranging. And he said, you know, you just got to do your own stuff and like, I'll play on anything you write. And we were kind of talking about doing a project together for years, every time we'd see each other. And then he died suddenly. And I thought, Oh God, we never did. You know, we didn't make the album. And I just thought, I'm, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to make an album. And I, I, uh, it really is an all-star. There's Paul Schaefer's on it. Um, and Willie, both from the Letterman band, Lou Marini and Tom Malone from the blues brothers, all kinds of great players, Mike Stern, amazing guitar player. Uh, almost everyone's, a legend in their own right, uh, tons of Broadway players and jazz and studio legends from New York City. And uh, so it's dedicated to Lou Soloff and everybody has uh, who's playing on it has a connection to him. And I, I wrote uh, five original songs and then did, I arranged everything. So I did arrangements of four songs. So there are nine tunes. My friend Adam Dorn, AKA Motion Worker, did a, a dance remix of the tune Shiny which is heavily influenced by TV themes of the, my writing's kind of influenced by TV themes of the seventies because that's my cultural heritage. Nice, sure. So uh, there's kind of a wide range under the jazz umbrella. The first song shiny is like a boogaloo sort of a, the feel is 1974 chase scene. And um, then it kind of goes backwards uh, chronologically or stylistically. And there ends up with some straight ahead stuff and, uh, like a Duke Ellington style swing tune. So there's a, there's something for everyone and I'm really proud of it. I did a crowdfunder and raised $56,000 and wow. uh yeah, so got four stars in downbeat and uh it's really exciting. So thanks for bringing that up. No, of course because people want to know what available, yeah, available on all platforms. <laughs> right on. And then yeah, I'm I'm also working on some TV music stuff which I hate to say this, you know, when people post stuff like I'm working on something, I can't say what it is, <laughs> but I can't say, Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, but, that, but that's my next, yes, the, the TV music stuff is hopefully the next, uh, what I'm segueing, segueing into. Okay, cool. I mean, your, your resume is all over and I love it. And I know I only have a limited time with you because yeah, you have so much background in, in television. So when you work with the whether it's people on TV or the big band and shiny, do people ask, you know, you used to play with guns and roses. Does that happen? Yeah. <laughs> do they know yeah. they're going into it or they're like, wait a well, minute. Well, the people on my album are all my friends and like, they've known me for a long time. So they all know, but, uh, but some of the people I, yeah, people I meet, I want, it's not the first thing I'll, I'll tell somebody, but usually people know or, 
have heard or something. So yeah, it's, it's always a, an interesting and fun talking point. Because where this is the, I guess the 30th anniversary of user illusion in the beginning of that tour. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. insane. So, um, cause it was such a blast. Yeah. And, and when I first, uh, joined the tour, it was right after it's probably Roberta and Tracy told you we all joined at the same time. It was right after the, the riots, the St. Louis riots, you know, and Izzy had just left. So mm-hmm. Gilby was also new cause he was Izzy's replacement. And, um, I was not like a Guns N' Roses fan. I was familiar with Welcome to the Jungle and Sweet Child of Mine because that's what was on the radio. Right. But, um, I was like, well, we'll see, you know, I was playing on a, on a TV show band. Um, you know, in LA they have the, or wherever they shoot sitcoms, they have a live studio audience in between shots. They may have 20 minutes or so while they're changing the camera or whatever. So they have a band playing for the audience. And I was in one of those bands with uh, Teddy Zigzag Andriatis, who is the fabulous other singer and keyboard player. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, And he recommended, he was friends with Slash. So he recommended me. He's like, yeah, I'm looking for some chick singers. (sighs) I mean, some chick horn players. So I recommended you to Slash. So I was like, great, thank you. (laughs) And then Slash called me and uh, said, you know, I'm playing at this club next week why don't you come down and sit in so I did and then we talked after he's like great can you put a horn section together and I said sure and I'll write all the charts and well that's the way that happened how did the and I should know this as somebody who hosts a uh, GNR podcast but how did the the name of the horn section come about 976 horns yeah uh with a z um well the, <laughs> in New York at the time the um, this was pre cell phones. Um, the, I, the village voice had all, it was like, you know, newspaper and on the back pages were all these nine, seven, six numbers. You, you know, there were like sex numbers. Oh, call. okay. So anything that started with nine, seven, it was like, and then they'd have advertisements on TV, on, um, cable TV. They'd be like certain channels be like, call nine, seven, six, come. <laughs> You know, or whatever. Sure. <laughs> and so, so um, I'm I'm born in LA. I'm a native Angelino, but I've been living, you know, in on both coasts and more in New York. So I was I came up with the name. I don't and like I don't even know. If, I think that Cece and Anne were aware of it, but they were just like, okay, whatever. (laughs) It's funny. It was funny at the time. Yeah. It was really funny. You know what? I I definitely didn't know that and forgot about it. That's the first, I didn't know. That's funny. Now that's going to have me giggle every time I listen to move to the city and you go into your insane (laughs) solo. So if I can ask, because you played uh, on move to the city, bad obsession and also live and let die. Was there anything else that you, you played on? Oh yeah. We played on, um, November rain. Uh, sure. Initially there were just a few tunes and then I realized how long, you know, the, the sets were like, you know, there was like sometimes play, we would play for up to three hours a night. And I'm like, this is, we're just going to be sitting there. So I wrote charts for uh, several of the other tunes. Um, Axel doesn't, well, I don't know what he does now, but he didn't rehearse at the time and slash loves to rehearse. So we rehearsed for two or three weeks prior to going out on our first leg, which was their second leg of that tour, I guess. And, um, and every time one of the songs would, you know, a new song would come up that I'd written a chart for, I'd be like, Hey, I wrote a chart for the song. And you're like, you know, if you don't like it, that's cool, but we could check it out. And they were always, Slash was always willing to listen and, and, well, that's cool. you know, they're like, that sounds great. Let's do it. 
so we ended up playing on a lot more tunes. Um, I should have reviewed. I can't remember what they are. Yeah, I was going to ask you, do you remember any of the songs that weren't initially... Um, uh, you know, involve you, uh, but they, they, they like, can I idea. get back to you on that sure. after the phone call? Okay, <laughs> sure. Sure. No, all good. Not, um, not a problem. Yeah. Because the, the songs that have horns on the album are, they're just a few of them. I think like the ones you mentioned, but we ended up, yeah, there was one called bad apples we played on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a couple of, of maybe three more or four more. So, okay. I guess what I can ask you and hopefully you, you do remember that again, it's, you know, I don't, obviously I'm 37, so I'm not gonna remember what happened 30 years ago. Uh, so when you would play the, the songs and, but you would go back and write, was that all you did in between? Like what, like, was that enough time or did you find yourself bored or you're just, I, I don't know, I guess in between the songs that you weren't playing on, how did that go? Or you just oh, during always, the, during a performance, during a performance. Yeah. Oh, um, well, I wasn't writing during a performance. Um, okay. But, no, no, I mean, I meant like oh, I in the beginning when we were first initially hired, oh, I listened okay. to the whole album and all the other tunes, you know, from all the albums. And, and I, they, they were like, here are all the tunes we're doing. And then I listened to each one and where I, where I heard, oh, horns could be, could, could be cool on this one. Then I just wrote a chart. So when we rehearsed it, I was oh, like, okay. by the way, I wrote a chart. There weren't horns originally on this, but I wrote a chart you, if you like it. So then when we did go on tour, we ended up playing playing on more songs than, uh, you know, there are horns on more songs on the tour than there were on the albums. Nice. Okay, cool. Uh, What I did, what we did between songs was, um, well, there was never any set list. So (laughs) we had to be listening, you know, we, every, every musician or group of musicians had a little room under the stage, like a little waiting room with a TV monitor so we could see what was going on on stage. And then we had to just be listening and ready for like, if we weren't on, if we were sitting down there waiting, we weren't on welcome to the jungle, let's say. So then at the end of the tune, we would get ready to run up on stage. We had to listen for the first few notes of the next tune. And, you know, by the end of the two years or two and a half year, however long we were with them, like it was, it was pretty easy to tell, like, okay, we can, we could name the tune in one note, you know, but, um, in the beginning it was challenging, like, Wait, are we on this tune or not? You know, and then we <laughs> went up and we were on the position on the very top of the stage in the middle. So we had to run up all these stairs and okay. it was pretty funny. All right. I'll give that, uh, cause people are excited to hear from you. I'll give credit that question from, uh, one of my listeners, Dirk from, uh, from Germany. Uh, cause I can, I can only uh, like imagine you at the, at the beginning, it's like, Ready? You have like one foot on like one step, like ready to go. Yeah. Or if it's walking yeah, in the jungle, you have a break and, for four yeah, minutes. Heels and horns <laughs> and, you know, like falls. Our hair was down to our ass. You know, it wasn't all our hair. But, you know, I mean, like we had to just, we were in like costume practically, you know, with these high heels and then the horns. And the very first, um, I think the first shows we played got reviewed by the New York Times and, and the reviewer said, and, they, and they've added models holding horns, <laughs> like a horn model, horn section of models pretending to play the instrument. Oh, and wow. I was like, well, I'm flattered that you think I'm a model, but like, you know, we're really playing. The, <laughs> so I remember doing a couple of interviews, um, one with the Boston Globe. I had a friend who was working there and she's like, I'll interview you. And you're like, get the word out that you're actually playing. <laughs> so kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess so. I mean, I know what, I'm going to put this out and it's going to, 
it's going to make sense because people are looking at you like, you know, at the beginning, you're, you're, you're a model. There's no way they could play instruments. So I'm going to release this on International Women's Day, uh, <laughs> March 8th. As a, you know, because okay. that, 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 uh, that article all those years ago made me mad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I'm like mad oh, for you. Oh, you read that article? No, no. I'm like, for you telling me right now, I'm, I'm oh, angry okay. for you, you know? Yeah. Because like, it's just like, you guys are so, uh, gals are so, uh, insanely talented. Um, when oh, you, okay. when you had to, I guess, <laughs> dress up, like, was that your normal mm-hmm. attire? Because, uh, in a, to promote this interview, uh, I took a, uh, one of the pictures from the User Illusion booklet. You know, you're, uh-huh. You know, you're with the fishnet body stocking and the leather chaps and stuff. Yes. No, that was not my normal. No, it was nobody's normal attire. Okay. <laughs> um, they had a costume designer make these outfits for us. And I still have a couple of them. They're pretty, like, the leather is really cool on those chaps and the vest and stuff. But, uh, um, and if I could still fit into it, it's my barometer, right? For, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I could still fit, barely. Um, but no, we were so, that was part of it was like, could we wear, could we pick out our own outfits? So we, we kept going back and forth with the, the band. Um, and I don't know if it was, who was the, if it was the manager or Axel or Slash or all or whatever, but so they were, I think they were trying to make them look like, you know, sort of slutty bondagey kind of thing. And, and some of them worked and some of them did like, just looked like, Oh, you look like Heidi wearing lederhosen, you know? <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but then, um, then at one point, I think we asked, like, why don't you guys just give us some money and we'll go buy some clothes that we would wear to a club, like that we mm. actually would wear. And I think at one point we pushed for, you know, the um, Robert Palmer video with like Addicted to Love yeah. with all those women wearing like Chanel type suits. Yeah. We were like, that would be really cool. And we they almost said yes, but then they were like, no, no, no. We like the dirty, slutty look. So, uh, we ended up buying some clothes, uh, you know, halfway through the tour maybe. And then, uh, so it, that, that highly stylized costume looked sort of relaxed partway through the tour. I mean, uh, so everybody felt comfortable with what they were wearing. How do you feel about that? I guess, how do you feel about that at the time? Cause you were kind of, um, hesitant, I guess, to initially join Guns N' Roses and then, you know, dressing differently. It's. Like, what was the atmosphere? Um, like, I guess, was it uncomfortable? Well, I can't speak for anyone else, sure. but no, no, I, I, I was, I thought it was fun the whole time. Cool. I loved it. I loved dressing up. Cool. I didn't mind the cost. Like, I didn't mind. I thought it was all fun. Um, cool. I think a couple of the other women were more um, resistant to, like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to dress like that. Okay. I was like, sure, I'll dress like a slut. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if I have a doll for Whatever. every time I've it's said all that. Dressed, like, you know, it was all like a costume and dress up for me. Like, it wasn't, I think because it, I was like a jazz and sort of jazz and R&B funk person. To me, it was like, well, I may as well be wearing whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. I may as well be wearing that because it's, it's, it's like, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't like my, I don't know, what, it wasn't like my, uh, genre you know my preferred genre sure so i didn't really care but um no i'm pretty open-minded anyway and i and and i think i probably was you know like come on guys you know it's, it'll be fun and they're like no it's not fun and it object objectifies us and i'm like so what you know but um so now i probably wouldn't wear that but you know it was still fun okay and i'm glad you had a <laughs> 
I mean, it, it was the 80s. I'll it be honest. 80s. I'm honest. I'll, I'll tell it like it is. Yeah, yeah, I had no problem. Yeah, no, same here. That's what I, I, I you know, I, I, I want this whole show to be, and I don't ask anyone if it's any, you know, yes. if it's uncomfortable, and, you, you know, could have said pass, you know, but you can tell yeah, that it, as long I as the atmosphere was fun, you know, and it wasn't. Yeah, like, yeah. The, it was, it was a blast. And, and, and my attitude about that stuff is like, Hey, if you got it, like flaunt it, you know, if you got to flaunt it, like have fun. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of having fun, I know I'll only keep you up for a couple more minutes. Um, what was your favorite song to perform? Uh, I don't know. Off the top of my head, I'm going to say live and let die. It was really fun. And then also um, we came in at the end of, we played on paradise city at the end. And that was always really fun because it was usually the last, I think it was always the last tune. Yeah. And it was such a party and it was so like, you know, there's so much energy on the stage and hard to describe for people who have never been on a stage playing in front of thousands, if not like 130,000 people, the energy coming back from the audience was, you know, who are all singing and it's, it's just unbelievable. And so it's, it's like this huge release with paradise city. And it was like, yeah, it was, it was like new year's Eve every night. Hmm. That's kind of the vibe, you know, just like a huge, you know, pop the champagne bottle kind of feeling, you know, like, Oh yeah. All positive. We're all, everybody's feeling good. Everybody's dancing. Everybody's happy. You know, is there any funny story that sticks out in your mind? You know, a any, funny story. Yeah. I know. I, I don't really like to dig for dirt. So is there anything that's kind of, you know, that, that's <laughs> funny that you, that you can remember, you know, slash fell asleep in the toilet. You know, you saw Axel picking his nose, something like silly, you know, or like um, the theme parties uh, that you would have any, um, oh, the yeah, the theme parties were were hilarious. I mean, they had um, a, they had certain um, staples at each party, which were I think every party had to have a a hot tub, rippers, pinball machines, and video games, sushi, and maybe something else. I can't remember. Like, but they had to have those, right? And then this was the, these were the theme parties during the Metallica Guns N' Roses tour uh, in the States. Right. Um, and so there was like a pig, there was like a, I remember there was a pig on a spit. I think it was probably the Roman toga party. Okay. Or maybe it was the Hawaiian luau or I can't remember. <laughs> um, and then there was like a Western theme. They had all different themes. And so those were really funny. Wow. Yeah. The after show, the after show was fun. Well, I'll I'll say this, and I'll end here. Uh, the Use Your Illusion tour, like you, you don't see Hall of Fame like uh, tours going to Hall of Fames. It's a band, mm -hmm. it's a person. I think the Use Your Illusion tour uh, should be in the Hall of Fame, represented, and that's why Gilby should be in, Roberta should be in, you should be in that tour. Like, there's nothing else like it, like ever. Like now, you you can't do what Guns N' Roses did on that uh, tour 30 years ago. So, um, right. the, the fact that, you know, your, your career has been, uh, just insane since and quite different. So I hope I get to speak with you again. I want to talk about Duckman. I want to talk more about Animaniacs <laughs> and, uh, sure. and if there's anything, cause you also did, um, you can just say like, if it was just a, a simple thing, uh, or if there's a story there, because you also played on Duff McKagan's solo record, believe in me, right. Uh, could it be you did the string arrangement? 
So I'm assuming. Yeah, I didn't play on it. He asked me to write the string arrangement. Um, I mean, it was just one string arrangement for the song. Could it be you? So I did that and contracted a, you know, LA studio string section and I conducted it. Um, and I don't even, I don't even know if he knows this cause I, I don't know. I think it was after the tour. I can't remember what, ha- when it came out, but I was so excited. And back when we still had cassettes and I ran out and bought like a cassette and a CD. And I was like, this is going to be my first album credit hmm. as a, an arranger. And my name wasn't on it. Like they forgot to put my name on and I'm sure it was just an oversight. And I, you know, asked the union about it and then it, or I called, I don't know, their manager or whatever it was. They were like, oh, they said on the next printing, they'll put your name on or something. And I don't think there was another printing. But that aside, that's just an ego thing uh, and also a legal thing. No, you but, deserve uh, your credit. You know, yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm, but that aside, it was it was really fun to, to do that. Duff won't, you know, he won't come on my show, but I'll, at, I'll tweet him. And see if he, <laughs> I don't know. He'll do an anniversary in, in, in 2023. He'll do an anniversary and you'll be on it. Oh, oh no. Those guys are all, they're all super nice and, uh, sure. and I love them. Awesome. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for your time. I hope we get to do this again and just continue success. And if people want to check out all of your work, it's at lisamaxwellmusic.com. Thank you so much and have a great day. That was a lot of fun. We'll get Lisa on again. And now I got to complete the, the whole set of the, the horn section. I got to get Cece uh, Worrell on. I got to get Ann King. I haven't reached out to them, so uh, I'm saying this. Uh, I'm thinking this as I'm saying it. Uh, who else? As I'm looking at the whole, you know, the, the user illusion touring lineup. We've had Teddy Zigzag. Uh, and I think the only other person other than Cece Ann would be Diane Jones, who also did some backup vocals. Otherwise... Would, it, would get everybody. Isn't that something? Amazing. So, you know what? Before we wrap up, let's do this quickly. News. Obviously, there was a lot more shotgun news when this podcast started in the early episodes with the reunion and all the rumors going on, but there really isn't much happening in the Guns N' Roses world now other than Slash is working on another record with uh, Miles Kennedy uh, Todd Kearns, the whole conspirators gang. So that'll be cool. You, if you follow um, Megan Hodges, his girlfriend on Twitter, they posted a, or on Instagram rather, they posted a video from the studio. Would be cool if we had this, had, had that as Guns N' Roses fans. So I saw this headline and I couldn't stop laughing. Like just to think about all the conversations we've had on this, uh, on this podcast, the conversations you have as a Guns N' Roses fan in a forum with your friends, So this was posted, Cardi B deactivates Twitter after fans slam her doll release asking for new music instead. Sound familiar? It has to sound familiar because I don't care about Cardi B. It just sounds like Rosie Perez, like rapping. I'm not a huge hip hop person, but now I'm going to sound like an old man. I don't get today's music. I don't know. Give me heavy D in the boys any day. Uh, so she says, uh, this is one from uh, People Magazine. I have so much pressure. I'm working on a lot of shit to people, please. <laughs> I mean, what would Axel say? Think about that. What, what did we get? What have we gotten since the uh, you know, Chinese democracy? We've gotten children's books. We've gotten toys. All these things, you know, I'm not even, I don't want to go too far one way or the other because those things are cool. I, am, I totally support making a children's book to 
you know, bring your kid up on Guns N' Roses. I think all these little toys and trinkets, because if you look at, as I'm looking around my apartment right now, I have tons of toys. My girlfriend has tons of toys. You know, I have GNR stuff. She has Dave Matthews stuff. So that's fine. That's fine. But when your band doesn't release music and there's always kind of a, like a promise of new music around the corner, it gets frustrated. So Cardi B decided to deactivate her Twitter. Unlike Guns N' Roses, if you see, and this is not me, I always come, whenever they tweet something or Instagram, I always come back with a very corny retort uh, to that. They're like, it's slash time. I'm like, is that Eastern standard? Like, what does that mean? I usually say something stupid like that. Do it right now. Do it right now. Look at their Facebook. Look at their Instagram. Look at their Twitter. The last post. Look at how many comments from all over the world. New music. Where's new music? Nueve Musica. I, I, sorry, I don't know. You know, I didn't do well in Spanish uh, in high school. You know, you see it. And this isn't from me. This isn't from my followers all over. So they don't, they're not paying attention or they don't see it or they don't care. I'm still holding out hope that something is going to happen when uh, GNR does tour dates at the end of the year, uh, down under. I, I think something is going to happen because if it doesn't happen then, then I, I just don't know because uh, I'm not much more of an insider than you listening to this podcast. You know, there are people, quote unquote, who know people that say, oh, yeah, they're working on stuff. And of course, Susan Holmes McKagan said on this show, I've heard, uh, I've heard stuff. Well, you can hear it until you're, you know, the cows come home, but until we physically have it, I, I don't know what to say. So when I, I saw that, just that headline, I didn't care about reading the, uh, the actual article about Cardi B. I'm like, really? Like her fans are like freaking out. Like Cardi B does everything, everything. We don't get a lot from, let's just say Axl Rose. Other than, yeah, he does Scooby-Doo, which I love. I love that he did Scooby-Doo. I'm going to try to get the writer, the showrunner of Scooby-Doo on the, on the podcast, just like I did with uh, Looney Tunes. I love that stuff. But mixed in with it, maybe some new music, a new song. That I was disappointed with, with Scooby-Doo, that there was no new song, like there was with, uh, with Looney Tunes. And kudos to those guys, my God, to get Axel to record a song. And I reached out to them, uh, Rob Janis and Kevin Fleming, who worked on that Looney Tunes episode. They tried to hook me up with that, uh, the Scooby-Doo writer, see if the cartoon guys know each other. And for, for them to have gotten Axel to record a song, wow. Wow. <laughs> they did something they can't get the band to do right now. I will say there is something else, a Guns N' Roses related release coming this year for sure. Finally, Matt Sorum's book, his autobiography, Double Talk and Jive, now scheduled to arrive in September. Mm. September 7th, the day before my birthday. So if you want to get me a gift, sure. I'm hoping to get Matt back on the show. Of course, there have been a lot of rumors why it was uh, shelved. Uh, publicly right now, they're saying uh, due to the uh, coronavirus pandemic. But as we GNR fans know, and uh, many of you have read his book, because <laughs> it wasn't really... It leaked. I don't know how it leaked. Uh, I don't know if there were changes that were made since it leaked. I, I don't know. I will, if I get him on, I'll ask him about that. I just know the highlights from the book that re that leaked. But it was nice to see when I uh, posted that he was, or I shared the uh, the article that many of you said, oh, I read it, but I'm going to buy it again. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to support Matt. So that's that's good to see. 
that's good to see. So just very interesting. So those are those two news stories caught my eye. Of course, Matt Storm's book, we want it. And then the uh, the Cardi B thing. I'm like, oh, poor baby. You don't like the Cardi B fans? Imagine being a Guns N' Roses fan. Imagine what Axel's gone through. Jeez. <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh. Anyway, uh, that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. Again, uh, always follow on social media. That's how the conversation continues in between the podcasts. That's how you can submit questions to upcoming guests. Like I saw this one too late, so I'll apologize to to Marco on on Twitter. Uh, he said he loves these GNR interviews uh, with interesting perspectives, and that's the whole point of the show. Uh, he wanted to know, and I will ask this to Lisa next time if they ever jammed anything interesting during soundcheck that was never played live. But it was fascinating. I'll get those answers from Lisa. What did she uh, write music to, or uh, feel that there a horn section was needed um, during a live performance that was not initially there? So um, I'll, I'll definitely ask Lisa and I'll, I'll put that on, again, social media. So facebook.com slash the AFD show, uh, Twitter at the AFD show, Appetite for Distortion on Instagram. Please follow on YouTube, okay? Please follow and subscribe on YouTube. That is where all of our Zoom interviews live. So you'll be able to see me, you know, do a lot of the, like, the interviews uh, with Dave Mustaine when he asked if I got laid on my birthday, which was awkward. <laughs> uh, you get to see the new interview I did with uh, Linda Perry talking about her on uh, GNR connections where she's talking outside Dodger stadium, all these cool, you know, perceptions. Yeah. I'm still a radio guy. I like being behind the mic, but you know, sometimes uh, it's fun, especially nowadays where we're all kind of alone together. It's fun to do podcasts like that. So yeah. Interviews with John Densmore up there. You get to see his face, uh, our buddy, Doug Goldstein, so again, follow uh, Appetite for the Stories and please on YouTube. And again, uh, I don't know when it's going to be released yet, but I want to keep hyping it up because it was such a good interview. Miles Kennedy. I can't wait to share that one. I can't wait to share that one. So stick around, okay? When are you going to see the next episode? When is Miles going to air? Who is the next guest officially going to be? Well, in the words of Axel Rose uh, concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it. I don't know if soon is the word. No! Fuck it! No! Yeah! Thanks to the lame ass security, I'm going home. <laughs>